Coming up tonight, we revisit the XFL. In this year's new reboot of the league, is it everything Vince McMahon promised? Tune in to find out. Episode number 171, recorded February 20th, 2020. This is the XFL 2020. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the debate show where the two of us agree on everything and talk about weird semi-defunct football leagues. I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by our man on the sidelines, Mr. Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt. Sean, I, I certainly hope you don't expect me to kick in for the royalties for Mr. The Body Ventura. We can't, I, we can't I, no, afford I, him. I can't afford him. And he's sure. very litigious, as we've talked about on the show. Oh, yes. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got a history of suing people. Yes, so. so we only will say nice, accurate things about him, lest we be sued. Indeed. Um, uh, he, he hasn't been anywhere near this XFL, has he? I think he, even, even, even Jesse Ventura knows better. And that says something. Even he's like, we screwed this up so badly the first time that I'm not going to go near this thing. I think he's going to be presenting the trophy. I mean, I think that'd be, I think he should be like an honorary team captain or something. I think he'll, well, maybe not presenting the trophy, but maybe he'll be on the field when the trophy gets presented. Did you ever see, I'm assuming you did. Did you ever see the running man movie? The running man movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and, um, the game show host guy, uh, Richard. Uh... Oh, Jingle All the Way. <laughs> yes, I love Jingle All the Way. No, The Running Man. Buy me a Turbo Man. Based on the Stephen Great King movie. short story. No. Great no, I, movie. I don't know. I'm going to make you watch Sorry. that. But that sounds like a good movie. Yeah, it, it's um, it's really it's one of my favorites, actually. It is a very good movie. But in the movie, the very short version is it's set in the kind of apocalyptic future where there's a game show where if you're a criminal, um, you get uh, put onto this TV game show where they have like a bunch of uh, guys who go, you get put into this like obstacle course and they have to kill you. Very 1980s. Anyway, Arnold Schwarzenegger is framed for a crime and he's put into this thing and that's the movie. But Jesse Ventura stars in it as one of the killer, as one of the like game show killers who go to kill him. And all I could think of was like, that is such a good fit for the XFL. I got You're gonna watch The Running Man. You're gonna you're gonna okay. really like it. It has some of Arnold's best one-liners ever put on film. Really? Yes, because he he um, every time he kills one of the guys, he has to give him a one-liner, including when he kills a a guy named Sub Zero. They all have catchy nicknames. A little parody of wrestling, I guess. But he goes Sub Zero, more like. Plane Zero, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, the one-liners are so good in this movie. There was a movie I heard about recently, speaking of Schwarzenegger, where he they, they he's in the movie, but they dub over everything he says with the, with someone else's voice. Oh, that sounds very like funny. He plays, he plays like, a, like Hercules, but it's set in modern-day 
New York City. Oh, that, I think that was one of his like very first movies. He's like a time traveler. Mm. Yeah. They dub over his entire voice. It's, yeah, because you it's can't great. understand what he's saying. I think it's back when he was a bodybuilder, yeah. like just a straight up bodybuilder. He was not an actor at that point. And they uh, they they just dub his voice over completely with somebody that sounds nothing like him. Like what they used to do to Jackie Chan in the old like Jackie Chan movies that were imported to America. Well, they did that to everybody's voice well, in, in those movies. And but. that's always what's strange to me to like live in another country where you speak a different language and they dub over every movie with a different voice. Like that must be weird. Yeah. It's like the movie Kung, Kung Pao. Right. You ever see Kung Pao? No. Yeah, that's like a, a parody of it. Way ahead of its time, that movie. Great movie. Well, speaking of way ahead of its time, Matt, the XFL. Uh, if yes. folks aren't familiar, we have a weird passion for it. Uh, I should have I should have worn my He Hate Me jersey. That was my mistake. It's sitting ah. in my closet. Um, if folks didn't listen to our first run of talking about the original XFL, you got to go listen to it. It was an absolute hoot. It's on the back end of the feed. Um, Matt, how would you sum up the impact of the original XFL? Negligible. The legacy. Uh, actually, that's not true. I wouldn't say it was negligible. I would say that there was an impact it, in in some respects, but I think it, it was mostly reserved for uh, things like technology, the way that the game evolved in, in terms of technology, like um, really in coverage, the way that games were covered kind of changed in, in the aftermath of the XFL. We talked about the... Um, the hover cam, which is not cam. called the hover cam, the sky cam. Yep. Thank you. We talked about that. We talked about the um, miking up of the players, uh, making them more available for uh, interviews and things like that. That that in those ways, I think the XFL changed changed the face of the game of football. Uh, none of the I don't think really any of the rule changes probably for better this time around um, than the original XFL migrated into nfl but um that's that's something we can definitely talk about with the new the changes the new xfl might bring um but i think overall most people probably remember it as a colossal failure yeah i mean for me i would describe the original xfl as like a delicious piece of cake covered in a layer of raw sewage where it's like on the inside, it probably is very good, but you're never going to get to take the time to figure it out because it was wrapped in such a gaudy and gross package. Yeah, that's you know, a good analogy. That's a good analogy. The original XFL was was all show and very little substance. All sizzle, no steak, baby. Mm, uh, yeah, exactly. Go. I agree, and I do think there were some really good ideas in there. So what did they carry over? XFL 2020 is here, Matt. We watched... Now, here's the question. I watched week one. You watched week one. Did you watch any week two? Uh, I have to confess I did not. I, I really did not, didn't um, either. I was, in, that doesn't I was well. in North Carolina. I was visiting my in-laws this past weekend down in Wilmington. So I did not get to watch any of the XFL. Um, but my, my beloved New York Guardians got goose-egged. And uh, I heard that things were not very good about uh, one of the one of the uh, one of the things we just talked about. Miking up players on the sidelines actually came out, uh, kind of reared its head in a big way. I don't know if you if you heard about that with um, 
Guardians quarterback Matt McGloin kind of uh, kind of kind of gave his gut reaction of how things were going on the field going into halftime. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were not very positive, and uh, he he got a lot of uh, he got a lot of flack for for saying some things about his teammate that I know he said in the moment. Uh, we all have that, we, you know. Even though we're not professional athletes, we all get we're all, we're, all, we're human. We all get frustrated sometimes. Usually, there's not someone, thankfully, not someone sticking a microphone in our face right afterwards. I don't know about at your job. Is that is that common practice at a? I think it should be. I think it should be. Yeah. Every every time every every after every every uh. What do you have? Development meetings? Uh, I imagine there's a lot of meetings. No, we have synergy brainstorms. And uh, after those, yes, I, w- I would love a post game. Well, do people get angry at synergy brainstorms? Uh, only when the storms are really brewing. Okay. Only when it's really stormy. Well, this storm was brewing at the at the Guardians game. They 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 were they did not look good. Um, and Matt McGloin blamed pretty much everybody on the field that wasn't him. So. Uh, that was interesting. That was interesting to see. But did you watch any of the um, Did you watch any of the XFL games this weekend? I caught a little bit on a TV at a restaurant I was eating at, but no, I did not sit down. And I also have to admit that if it weren't for the show, I probably would have caught a little bit of Week One and then not watched that much more of it. I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to blow out my big point I'm going to lead to for the next hour. But if I had to sum up my view of the XFL today, it's that if if you were to launch a spring football league, I don't know how you do a better job than what the XFL did. I truly don't. However, I still believe it is destined to fail because spring football can never work. And I stand by that opinion. Now, that's a big headline, and we'll get to why I feel that throughout the point of the conversation this evening but um but that's how i feel about it i thought it was great i i thought pretty much everything they did was great i didn't really have that much complaint uh, which is hard because i love to complain about everything yeah i i for the record i i watched the first week i watched most of all of the games i was very tuned in um i was very i was very tuned into the first week of the xfl but uh, and, I, and I wanted to watch the second week. I think if I had been around, I, I would have at least watched the the Guardians Defenders game. But I think I kind of agree with your point. I see. I see your point about um, this is we saw this we saw this with the AAF too, right? The, well, the, and we the, saw it with the World Football League and the USFL and, yeah. and many other leagues before it. Yeah, with the first week having huge returns, and then it just kind of fizzles from there a little bit i i think that i will say i think the fizzling is is slower right now with the xfl we're only on week jesus sorry there's like a i can i can actually hear it through your microphone you that's so loud yeah that's crazy <laughs> it's like some kind of military exercise aircraft like I, I don't even know what that was that was uh okay i think it's gone that was like some kind of a Millennium Falcon take going off in a hyperspace or something, sky above my house, which is weird. Did you know uh, I I rarely hear airplane. That is uh, of Reagan Airport. 
Oh. And but we're not. I guess we're not really in any flight. I, I very very rarely see or hear airplanes. That was just a, that was a weird one. Hmm. I think that must have. Maybe that was from Quantico. We're not Ooh. too far. From maybe Quantico. maybe that was Vince McMahon's helicopter. He's listening. Ooh, circling. Maybe. maybe he landed on the roof of my apartment. The WWE chopper. I'm gonna be like I'm gonna be like Matt Vespersian, except instead of the limo, it's gonna be his copter. Yep. Matt, I yeah. need to talk to you. <laughs> you can't say these things on the air. Uh, yeah, I mean, we can talk about ratings really quick for the game. Obviously, that was a big part of the original XFL. If you don't have ratings, you can't sell ads. If you can't sell ads, you can't make money. If you can't make money, you can't run a football league. Um, comparing week one's to week two's number, uh, it was a drop of about 33%, about a million people. went from about 3 million viewers to about 2 million viewers. That's yeah. not... It was going to drop no matter what. People check out new things week one. They don't come back for week two. That's not surprising. 33% can be aggressive. It's also interesting that the week one games aired on Fox and ESPN, while week two aired on ABC and FS1, which is a much smaller uh, cable channel than Fox, ESPN, or ABC. So that affects it a little bit, too. The interesting thing, and I, I pulled up some numbers here, it was the biggest uh, sporting events of those days, because that's really what you're comparing it to, right? Um they say here uh, the AAF averaged uh, 581,000, half a million. Um, AEW's Dynamite Wrestling on TNT debuted to 1.4 million, and it steadied around 1 million. So it's doing better than that. So, you know, they're not NFL numbers. They'll never be NFL numbers, but they're certainly not disastrous numbers either. The real question is going to be week three. Because if it drops another million, then you really do have problems. If it stays at about two... You know, you, you might be working with something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, it, and by the way, it said a lot to me that I was at a chain restaurant. I'm not going to mention because unless they pay us, I'm not going to give them free marketing. Yeah. You I was like Fridays. Oh, please. I'm not a Friday. <laughs> uh, no. Hey, look, if, if we get some free Texas Roadhouse gift cards, I'm not going to complain. Uh, but on the bars and the TV, they had the XFL game. Yeah, I think to me that says something because would they have done that for the AAF? I don't know. Well, they probably wouldn't. They probably wouldn't have because they wouldn't know what channel it was on. <laughs> yeah, they didn't get that channel. They didn't get that channel, or they had no idea where it was that week because it was on a different one from the last week, and they didn't care enough to Google it. <laughs> right, right. So I, I do think that helps. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely going to last the whole season. We can agree on that, yeah? It's oh, going yeah, no, it's, it's it's here to stay early. for the whole season. McMahon's not going to run out of money. He's no, he's guaranteed two full seasons. So it's not yeah, and it's going to unless so the TV partners drop him. That's really the only thing. And like it did with the original XFL, which Vince wanted to continue but NBC refused to. Um as long as those ca uh, cable and TV deals stay in place, then he promised two seasons. So I think we're going to get both seasons. I think we're going to get both seasons. I mean, it really does. This this is a crucial week in terms of viewers, but I think we're going to retain it. And I and I and my big thing with this time around, this, this second iteration of the XFL, uh, I think what's really helping it is social media. And I, I think there's a, there's a big social media presence that wasn't around the first time, um, mainly because social media wasn't around in, in its current form. 
uh, the first time around, the first go around. And I think that uh, that's really helping it out. I think that you you have YouTube channels, Twitter uh, accounts all dedicated to the XFL teams and coverage of the players. And you have, you have more, I think you just have, you have more of a fan community now than you had in the first go around. And I think that's, that's going to give it a lot of its staying power, but I, I don't really, I, for the future after that, uh, who knows, who knows? Yeah, I agree. I mean, when I say this launch couldn't have gone better, I think when you look at everything from the announcement of the league to the announcement of the teams to the announcement of the uniforms to the announcement of the players to the announcement of the coaches to the to leading up to week one, all of this, including their digital presence, which has been extremely strong on social media, I think they, they nailed it from a marketing perspective. I think they sold the heck out of this in a way that was... Unlike the original XFL, which we talked about with the big wrecking ball coming in and the the plow truck and, you know, with the explosions. And I mean, they sold this thing like football. I mean, they were really smart about not overselling it. They said, look, it's football. It's not the best football you'll ever see, but it's cool football. We tweak the rules. We think you're going to like it. Check it out. And that's exactly how you want to sell it. And so I think from that perspective, they totally crushed it and they continue to crush it. I give them a lot of credit. The machine they built around this is very legitimate. Yeah. It's it's more finely tuned. Yes. Than, than the last time. Yes, it feels uh, like a real league. Sort of. Yeah. And I think the I think the target was actually as part of um the notes I took watching watching the first the first weekend. I said that this this time around the object wasn't to create a new WWE or WWF. The objective was to create a an additional NFL. Well, yeah, and I was going to say it, it didn't. The AAF felt like a cheap NFL. It felt like what if we did the NFL but with no money. <laughs> the XFL felt like what if we did a second like it didn't even feel like a ripoff of the NFL to be honest it felt to me different enough where like if I was an alien who had never been to earth and had never seen the NFL and you showed me the XFL I'd be like oh yeah that's how football's supposed to be played you know what I mean like it didn't it didn't it felt like it stood on its own which I thought was weird because I didn't think it would get there hmm Especially, and I had some issues, and we'll get into the individual games and the broadcast. I thought that the very first premier game, uh, the Defenders against the Dragons in week one, was a prime example of what an XFL game should be. I felt they got away a little bit from it in some of the other games. They didn't use the co the coach's mic. They didn't do the sideline interviews as much. They didn't play with all the tricks like they did in that first game. But man, I got to tell you, I... And I texted this to you afterwards. After I watched that first game, I thought, holy shit, I have seen legitimately the future of football. I don't know if the XFL will be around in 10 or 20 years, but I know the NFL will look like the XFL in 10 or 20 years. I'm, and I'm dead serious. Because when you look back to the original XFL run, and as you were mentioning, things like microphones and the sky cam and some of the rules, if you, if you were in the 90s, well, I guess in 2000, you could say in 20 years, this is what the NFL is going to look like. And it kind of does. So I give the XFL so much credit. I legitimately was watching it and I'm like, 
man, imagine if the NFL were like this. Yeah, it's the it's funny that yeah, you mentioned the the some of the rule changes. It added a new excitement to the game. It added some kind of an of a um I think a much needed if you had, if you had rolled the same product out without these new rules, if it had been the rules that are exactly the same as the NFL um it would it would have been terrible. I don't think I don't think you would have gotten nearly as much the uh, appreciation, especially I think the biggest deal were the ones that we addressed in our in our previous episode, the extra point and the kickoffs. The kickoffs, I really heard people commenting. Yes, I think that was um, probably the most successful. I would say that and the um, the tweaks to speed up the clock, the extra ball spotter, the 25 second clock, the the time changes within uh, two minutes. Those I thought both were very successful, and I think yeah. got a lot of positive bud, um, buzz. I think the extra point stuff, I didn't feel like it was super successful in the first couple weeks. I think part of that will be solved with time. I saw the numbers where it was like eighty percent of coaches went for the one point, twenty percent went for the two point, and nobody went for the third, the three point. Yeah, it didn't seem like it was. Uh... It was. It was. People were hesitant to utilize it, but right, I think it'll, it was new. It'll, it'll provide for excitement in the future. Well, and by the way, if I'm a coach, and again, I'm not a football coach, but as a fan who's watching it, I would think you'd want to go from the five or the ten more because a play from the two yard line, you have no distance to get any kind of strong pass play going. Yeah, you can try and run it in for two, but gosh, if you're out at the ten, you have some distance to really play and get somebody open. You know, unless I'm just, you're like Pete Carroll and then you just you try to throw it and you get intercepted. Right, and you but lose if you're Super Bowl. But if you're going to miss from the one for one yeah. point, you might as well miss for three points, right? Yeah, I see what I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's the risk is worth the reward. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you score three touchdowns in a game, right? Would you rather get all three from the one or miss two but get one from the three? It yeah, it 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 allow, I think it allows it it allows more risk and it it you look at the NFL coaches are usually so conservative. I mean, how often do you see a two point conversion? Uh-huh. You know, unless, unless the time, unless the timing of the, of the game or the score, like differential really calls for it. Like who's going to go, who's going to be gutsy enough to just do a, well, a two point conversion for the hell of it. But that's, what's so different about the XFL is you don't have, if they had the option for a kick, they'd probably take that. They don't have an option for a kick. So they're doing a two point play no matter what. So really exactly. how, I'm sure there's some statistic out there that says what a play from the 10, the five and the two, what really the likelihood differences you're going to make or miss. But I doubt the XFL would make a rule like that where nobody will ever get it from the 10 yard line. You know what I mean? I, right. I just, again, it's a week one, week two thing. They're going to figure it out. But I just felt like that didn't succeed as much as they were hoping for. Unlike some of the other rules. I will say, Matt, there was one thing that happened that sold me more than any other change that I, I truly said this is the future of not just football, but of sports. Was it when the offensive lineman on the defenders puked all over the field? He threw up all that Gatorade? Was that what, was that the moment? No, I've seen that before in sports. <laughs> okay. Many times, actually. No, it was the instant replay. It was the replay, replay challenge. The moment I was watching, when the announcer said, they're going to review this upstairs. Let's go up to the booth. The camera shows inside the booth, the replay expert who's mic'd up. We're seeing what he's seeing. And we hear what he's saying to the ref on the field. 
And he says, all right, give me a second. I'm going to run this back. You see what he's watching and you say, all right, let's run this here. Yeah, definitely had one foot in. Yeah, okay, I'm going to play it again. Yeah, okay, definitely a catch. All right, the ref on the field says, all right, so we're going to confirm it. And he goes, yeah, we're going to confirm it. And the ref says, all right, what's the yard line? And you hear him say, hang on, let me rewind it again. He checks. I was legitimately blown away at that. When have you ever seen that kind of transparency in sports from an officiating standpoint? Never. Never in any sport. And I said, imagine if the NFL did that. Just imagine. It wouldn't solve all their problems. But like, for me, that's the future of sport. When you really, it's one thing to put a mic on a coach and hear what he says once in a while. But God, you talk about transparency. It does not get any more real than that. And that to me was like an unbelievable selling point. Yeah. I think that that also... The, the adding that kind of transparency takes away from a lot of the naysayers who are saying, oh, well, you know, it's all about gambling now. It's all about, you know, professional gambling has gotten so big. It's it's the 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 refs are, are on the take and everything like that. When you see something like that, you know, you, you add it adds it adds some more credibility to the game. It adds some more. Um, now, that's not to say that it's perfect, because last week there was a very controversial missed call i understand it wasn't reviewed it was a um it was just a blown penalty so they do still make mistakes but but yeah you're right the um the tr- the level of transparency with with miking the officials and and instead of just miking them to announce to the crowd like this is what the penalty is this is, or this is what our decision is but really take take the pl- take the fan into the decision making process it's it's a big deal, and I think we're we're going to see that in other. I think that I think that might be one of the things that bleeds over into other sports, just like Skycam did the first time around. Oh sure, well, and it's it's also a timing thing too, because how many times have you watched an NFL game and the announcers are in minute three of the review and they're like, well, I wonder what they're looking at, and I don't. It made the review seem shorter, even if they weren't, because you were actually watching something happen rather than just looking at a field where there was no action, waiting for an answer. Um, now, Matt, I do have to ask you, I know that there was one feature of these games that I heard both sides of. People liked, people didn't like, and that was the um, coach to quarterback communications on the broadcast hearing uh, Z right 52 left Bravo. Some people said, oh, that's a different way to show the game. It's a cool insight. And some people said, why even bother? Nobody knows what that means. It's just gibberish. I'd rather hear the announcers. Where did you fall on that? Um, I think if it's done, if it's not, if it's not overdone, it's fine. I, I, I still have, you know, I have no idea what, what they're saying in the, in the, it's all code. And that means it means absolutely nothing to me. But then again, most of the time when the announcers talk, it means nothing to me either. So I, I thought what was, what was better implemented what they made better use of was the uh, mic'd up players on the sidelines, mm-hmm. uh, especially Matt McGloin. Wow, he uh, he he got himself into some hot water. He sure did. I, I want to see more of that. See, I think that's that's some of the stuff that's going to add to the staying power of the XFL. If the if you have more personalities like that, and more you show the human side of more players. Like they had um, after the game was over, one of the games they um, forget who it was. Might have been the Renegades. They had them just like pounding back Bud Lights, Bud yeah. Light seltzers. 
and Bud Light Seltzer is one of the key sponsors of the XFL. So they were they were just pounding back Bud Light Seltzers, like just crushing them. And I want to see more of that because it's fun. That's like it shows that these players are like actual people and they're not. That's one of the biggest complaints about the MLB right now. Oh, sure. Is that the, the players are not allowed to express any personality. They, they, they look very robotic. They don't look like they're having fun. Um, everything has to be just like, oh, this is serious business. This is baseball. We're serious. And, and they're, they're trying – they've been trying recently the whole let the kids play movement to try to get – inject some more personality into the game via these players. Uh and and I, I'd rather see more of that. I think that goes a, long, a, a much longer way than 52 right, bravo, left well, 36, hot hike. You know, the NFL can feel predictable. I don't want to say scripted because maybe that's too far. But because of the way that, you know, even in like, I guess I agree with that in baseball. But you look at like basketball or something where the game feels looser. You know, where really anything can happen. In football, because you're kind of calling these regimented plays, there's only so many things you can do because of the rules and because of the way the game is set up. It feels like you've seen one game, you've seen them all. There was a great moment, I I don't remember which game it was, in one of the XFL games where uh, the sideline reporter, which I loved them throughout the games, that was great. Um, The sideline reporter was trying to get an interview with a player. She was chasing after him, finally got him to stop for a minute, and the coach was calling him, you got to get in the game, you got to get in the game. So the player goes, I'll talk with you when I get back. I got to go play. He went and played, came back on the sideline, and then talked to her. And I'm like, it felt so unscripted. It felt like anything could happen. As you mentioned with Matt McGlynn, it was like, for the first time watching football, I w- that would never happen in the NFL. I'm like, no. holy crap, like legitimately anything could happen. Like that's incredible in sports. Yeah. It's, it, and it that's adds what the first XFL like promised, a, by the way. That's yeah. what the original XFL promised, and we didn't get it. Or at it, it least adds, we got close. It's, it, it adds like an element of a reality show, like the best parts of a reality yeah. show in, injected into gross. the sports. But without yeah, being trashy right. and shitty. Like, these no, are like, the best parts of it. It yeah. highlights that parts they're that athletes, not wrestlers, see. you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, and it's, it's, it's not over the top. I, th- I felt like the first time around, they tried to they tried to artificially create those moments, like the <laughs> like the infamous uh, "Let's go inside the XFL locker room" or the, the cheerleader the locker, locker room. room. Yeah, that mo- that terrible moment um, in in the first time around, it, it, like it, they don't have to artificially create uh, those moments anymore. They because they 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 just happen naturally. I mean, not, not in the same way or the same level, but in a much more real and I would say a much more meaningful way. You know, you, you, you have players that are pissed off on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll, we'll, we'll see a lot more when the, when the playoffs kick off too. But um, you, you, have, you have real player emotions on the sideline. And, you know, interviewing a, a player right after he's thrown an interception is going to get you some, some real moments. It's going to get you some, some live live good live moments and um it's it's what's going to set the game apart and i think it's what's going to it's it's going to inject some life into it and and maybe maybe even we'll see other leagues follow suit but it's even the same when we're talking about um the time rules and the game feeling faster the games felt fast they really Mm -hmm. did there wasn't a lot of downtime i mean you were really you were really moving 
Um, Much more so than the NFL. Oh, and God, I think, yes. I think the play clock had a lot to do with that. And the ball the, spotter, I thought, was play, really play smart. The play clock and the ball spotter were, were, were key, were very much key to maintaining the tempo and just keeping the rhythm Although, fast. I did think it was super funny in the first week of games when the scoreboard operators in the stadiums did not understand the two-minute rules. And so, like, four or five times, the refs would be like, Please, please, the game. please, yes, please <laughs> add 10 seconds to the clock. The clock does not start until we place the ball or whatever it was. And it was like they kept screwing it up over and over. Which yeah, was there was a little bit of a learning curve kind of a there. Hoop. A little bit of a learning curve. Um, But that those were those were definitely the the positives positive takeaways I, I like the interviews they do they did the pre pregame and postgame interviews in the locker room with the coach they they showed that they actually every game they show the coach like ramping up his team yeah you know, like getting them like motivated and riled up I like that because it, it goes along with the more of the human aspect and and you get to really see the, the coaches are are, are uh the coaches are kind of like players too, but we don't we don't often see that or think of them. We think of them as like ma- middle managers. You know, they have the clipboard and the headset, but they're they're an integral part of the game too. I think if you can have you can have good players and a crappy coach, and it can still be detrimental. Maybe not as costly as having crappy players, but it can be it can be detrimental to your team if you have a if you have a bad coach that oh, can't sure. motivate can't motivate. You know, um, but. But that's sort of along the same lines of there was a a great couple moments and and my one of my places they didn't do it enough was where they brought in it was like a timeout and they brought the camera and the mic into the huddle of the team and you got to hear the quarterback saying guys you know he said the name of the play we're going to do this focus you do this you do that let's go out there let's get them there's one more play left or what like he, you heard him hyping up the team. And it was like, I don't want to hear two announcers in a booth talk to me about the game. I want to hear the game. I want to hear what's happening. And when you have so many microphones and cameras, you can you can feel like you're on the field. And I felt like the XFL really did, to the, for the most part, live up to that promise. I had some issues with some of the... I know in one of the broadcasts, the announcers said they were having issues. I think it was the secondary Fox broadcast the first weekend. So they had issues with the players' microphones. They weren't working for the first half of the game or something. I mean, I don't know, Matt, if you've ever seen any of the uh, behind-the-scenes videos of how you like produce an NFL game. But the amount of microphones they have, it's these huge boards with all these sliders for all these microphones. They must have 100 microphones. It's crazy. There was definitely a learning curve that first week. Um, you could tell some things weren't working right and they weren't quite mixing it right. But I think once they figure that out and then get all the mics working right, I just imagine this wonderful broadcast toolbox that they have to pull from, whether it's the players' mics or it's the coaches' mics or it's the sideline reporters or it's the this or it's the th- – and then you can all of a sudden create this great story and this great game. Yeah, there's there's a lot of there, there's so much behind the scenes. Oh, I wanted to mention. Speaking of a behind the scenes moment with the um, the replays, did you notice they were using? Uh, everybody on Twitter loved it. They the uh, they were using the, the Xbox controller. Oh yeah, to control the camera. That was that was pretty cool. I mean, it's smart when you think about it, right? I mean, how much easier is that than a mouse and keyboard? Oh yeah, it's 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 integrated. really cool. I mean, every and everybody who ever played Madden. Did you know? Uh, did you know that this is a bit of a side fact, but I learned this the other day. Did you know that when uh, college first introduced replay, 
the way they did it, and this is true, is that up in a booth, they had a TV with a TiVo, back when TiVo was a thing, that would record the broadcast of the game, and they would rewind the broadcast of the game to check the footage. They had no special camera system. They had no way of looking at the raw footage from the cameras. They would just rewind the broadcast off of just really? a, a regular TiVo, just in a room somewhere. It was the most ghetto system <laughs> you can imagine. They couldn't come up with a. Uh, they couldn't come up with another solution to that. Huh? Well, you I know, guess that's I, what they had. Uh, it's technology. I mean, you think about it. Yep. Now we're able to to send you know a dozen HD feeds in real time. I mean, uh, if you ever get a chance uh, to read about the very first replay back when they, they literally put it on tape and they would they would put it on a tape and then have to quickly play back the tape. Mm. And it was so jarring for people who saw it for the first time on TV. They actually got confused and thought they ran the same play again. It's a very interesting <laughs> story how far we've come in technology where they can now choose to, on a touchscreen, choose the angle they want in HD, zoom in 4k, all this stuff. It's really the technology that's made it possible. Sure. It's all about that tech. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see as technology evolves, what, wh how the, how these, uh, how not just the XFL, but all sports change. Um, whether it's the rule changes or, or, uh, introducing new technology i mean we talked about on this show we talked about one of the cool things was the uh the one season the nhl used that light up puck or that, you know the, <laughs> yeah the fox track the light up puck yeah that oh, was kind of cool i i thought that was neat. i always thought like maybe once or twice a year they should bring that back just once or twice a year just to just to like oh remember this thing so people could keep track of where the puck went what a fun novelty you know, it's really not that hard. As I'm watching more and more hockey, it's not that hard to follow. Like it, like I know where the puck is most of the time. I don't, I don't really need the the fox track. It's kind of, it's it's a it's a novelty, but well, I, it, I wish there was a little switch I could like turn it on and off. Yeah, sometimes that'd be that'd be, that'd well, be pretty dope. That's I, I thought the XFL could really do a cool job with. Are you familiar with the MegaCast, the ESPN MegaCast? This is my this is one of my favorite things all year. They only use it for the college football championship game that they that they air every year. It's called the MegaCast, and what they do is on regular ESPN they have the regular broadcast, but as you know ESPN has a ton of channels plus streaming, and so they make like I think it's something like ten different broadcasts of the exact same game. So they'll have the regular feed, they'll have a feed. I'm just thinking of examples here, but they'll have a feed where it's um, the local, like Team A's local local radio station. So you hear the local call and the other team's local call will be on a different stream. They'll have a stream where it's only the Skycam. They'll have a stream where it's a bunch of uh, uh, former referees commenting on the game. They'll have one where it's coaches commenting on the game. They'll have one where it's um, the all 22. So it's the super, the, the non-moving super wide shot of the field. So you can see where all the players are. They'll do um, a officiating stream. So it'll be um, each official has a camera on their head and there's a channel where it's all of their feeds. Like it's crazy. They'll do, they'll do a whole bunch of these. Yeah. And I'm like, how cool would it be if the XFL had a stream where it's like, I only want to hear the coach's audio. For the whole game, I only want to hear the coach's audio, or I only want to see the sky cam. 
during the game. I, I could see them doing that. I think I that'd be see them, huge. I can absolutely see them do rolling that out for for the next uh, the next maybe next season, something like that. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I think I, that I would, love that the idea. Great. I'm sure it's very technologically complicated to do. That's why only ESPN only does it once a year. Well, but it reminds me of in. Um, I mean, this is totally different, but it, I, I think that what I could most equate it with is uh, I have the the MLB TV subscription. For all the to get catch all the MLB games, yeah, and you can you can change the feed, you can change the audio feed and the vid, the video the video feed to either team that's playing, either the away broadcast or the home broadcast, and you can also change the audio feed from the TV broadcast to the radio broadcast for either team, and you can there's another option where you can just have the audio feed without the video at all, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. It's, and I, and I'm sure that other, I'm sure other, other sports, uh, other sport professional sports, uh, have that option if you purchase their subscriptions and their, their, have, have their apps as well. So I think it would be, it would be like that, but taking it to another level where it's, you're also going to get the players on the field and you can just click it. And then all of a sudden you have, you have exclusive, like the coach feed, and yeah. uh, the player feed. Imagine if you could isolate microphones. I only want to hear the quarterback's microphone. Wow. Mm. That's really... I would love a feed where when when play is happening, it's the shot of the field and of the action. And when the play's not happening, it goes automatically to the sideline reporters. What are they doing? Who are they talking to? Where are they? What are they doing? They're essentially hosting from the sidelines. I love that. I mean, there's so many ways you could play with it, with the technology. So, um, you know, I think the XFL kind of has to be a success for that to happen, but you never know. Sure. Um, now, Matt, you decided that you're rooting for the New York Guardians. They're your team. I have. I decided I made that decision before the season started. Uh, and I'm and I'm not looking back, even though they got they got uh they got skunked this last game. They got goose egged. Well, they lost you know, a shutout. But I still like them. They're still my team. Well, one of the main, actually the main tiebreaker, I don't know if you know, the main tiebreaker in the league, like determining who gets into the playoffs and things like that, is touchdown differential. How, how many you've scored versus how many you've given up. Um, right now, the Guardians have a, scored, a touchdown differential of zero. They've scored three touchdowns. They've allowed three touchdowns. Um, in the XFL East, as of the end of week two, DC Defenders is number one. They're 2-0, and a touchdown differential of plus four. Then it's the Battlehawks, then the Guardians, and the Vipers, who are 0-2 and simply trash. <laughs> they're they are truly not good. And that's yeah, like something was, for the XFL. It's kind of sad because the, the Vipers had a pretty big – they still have a pretty big fan base online. Um, I think this, uh, the only team that I think maybe has surpassed them is the Battlehawks. The St. Louis Battlehawks have, have I think – it seems like the largest fan presence. Oh, online. for sure. But oh um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the Vipers are the. They seem to be terrible. <laughs> so all right. Um, now, so I picked the Guardians. Yes. As as my team. Do you have a team, Sean? Matt, I do have a team. I picked my because t- I wanted to watch Week One, because I'm not. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like bandwagon it. But I also didn't – I want to pick a team I felt good picking, like I felt some connection to. So, of course, I couldn't pick an East team. I almost picked the Defenders 
because they're good. They're really yeah, good. That that this this would have been a good time to be a uh, defenders fan. But I also couldn't pick somebody. Next week, you know, you'll be bandwagoning. If they win next. <laughs> if they win, they go three and zero. You're you're officially a bandwagon on. fan. But I couldn't pick someone in the same division as you, because I want our teams to play in the playoffs. Yeah. Hopefully. Now the West, the current standings are uh, in fourth place. The own two LA Wildcats who are trash. The Dallas Renegades are one and one. The Seattle Dragons, who many thought would be the worst team in the league, are actually one and one um, with a zero touchdown differential. And then in first place is the Houston Roughnecks, who are two and zero. Oh. Um, Matt, my XFL team is your Houston Roughnecks. A because I, I used to live there. Yeah, can't say I'm surprised. And B <laughs> because they're good, but also C because I was super. Super impressed with their quarterback, P.J. Walker. He threw four touchdowns in their first game. Hey, four touchdowns. Okay. Which I'm told is a lot. Uh, so let me ask you this. Are you a Roughnecks fan or are you a P.J. Walker fan? No, I'm a Roughnecks fan because I think the whole team is interesting. They, they, you know, and the championship game is being held in Houston this year. That doesn't seem fair. <laughs> that doesn't seem somewhere. fair. I, I think they do have to play somewhere, but I think they should play. They should. You know what? I think at the this and this is this is totally par for the course for XFL. They they might actually roll this out if they listen to our show, Mister McMahon. What I think you should do is every year you announce the a new expansion team. And have the Super Bowl played there prior to that to that team's inception into the league. What? Why? Well, we're gonna you're gonna need more teams. You only have what like seven teams right now. You don't have a lot. Of, there's not a lot of XFL teams. No, there are eight teams. This kind of gets into my. This is good. Was this is a good transition into my next point, which is the XFL needs to expand. No, I we need to expand. We need expansion. Disagree. That's why we're called up for debate. So we're gonna debate it. Okay. Why does the XFL need to expand? Tell me. No, I don't want them to expand. No, but th- this is this is part. It's a tr- it's a classic debate tactic. You have to argue the opposite side. It makes you a better. Are debater. you going to argue the opposite side? Sure. If I do. Yes. Okay. Why the XFL needs to expand? The XFL needs higher television ratings to succeed. It's not about how many seat butts they get in the seats. It's not about how much merch they sell. It's all about the TV ratings. Unfortunately. Only eight cities right now have teams, and many of those are small cities like St. Louis and Tampa Bay. So by expanding into markets that are bigger football markets like, say, Chicago or others, Las Vegas maybe? Philly? I don't know where else it – I think it, I think Philly is a good one. Yeah, maybe like a – maybe like a – like, like a how- Michigan – Okay, Detroit. Yeah. Would you, would you go Detroit? Or would you go Lansing? No, Lansing's or, too or small. Or would you go? Would you would you play with the uh, the big the big uh, the big house there? Would, would you, you play in uh, Ann Arbor? Would I play in Ann Arbor? Uh, that would you put it? Would you put an XFL team in Michigan and have them play in the big house? It could be interesting. Some of the Michigan Wolverines. It could be interesting. I think that would be interesting. I think the stadium could hold a lot of they could hold a lot of people. Biggest, biggest college stadium. So, Matt, mm-hmm. Wallet Hub, which is a website 
uh, compared over 418 cities across more than 50 key metrics related to the five largest sports in the U.S. The best sports city, according to Wallet Hub, Boston, Massachusetts. Which does not have an XFL team. Which does not have an X, and then it's New York, Los Angeles, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. So you're not gonna, you're not gonna put the, you're not gonna put the team in. Where did the, where did the New England Gal- Galaxy, where did the New England uh, Revolution play? The, the uh, they MLS play at, team. they play at Gillette Stadium outside of Boston. Yeah. They play in Gillette. Okay, I mean, they're trying so to get put, their, they've been trying to get their own stadium forever, but yeah, you put a team in Gillette. You but like Oakland, Oakland would be a great. Would be a great spot because they just Oakland lost the Raiders. A, yeah. They just lost the Raiders. Or like uh, San Diego, who just lost the Chargers. San Diego would be a great city. I think that would be perfect. That way you set up a rivalry with LA. San Antonio would be a good team, although you already have two Texas teams. Yeah, that's true. But that's the question, right? Do you go places where there are already NFL teams or do you go but to I, places? I kind of questioned why they went to some of the places they did. For example, Dallas. All right. They, they, you put in a team in Dallas. Like, I, I thought that was a weird choice. Yeah, but Texas is a huge football. You think about youth football, college football. football Texas is, is a big huge there. football spot. That's true. Football is really big. I mean, I think like Seattle is kind of interesting to me. Well, then how about Alabama? Why not put a team in Alabama? They don't have an NFL team. But they also don't have any major cities and no me- major media markets is the problem. That's true. That's you know, true. You, you go to New York City. New York City already has two football teams, but they can support a third because it's New York City. It's true. You know, so you got to think of like big cities. Well, I think before you add a second team to a to a city, I think you got to You got to bring it someplace. It's not. And the Midwest seems to be lacking right now in in uh, in XFL presence really just seems to be very coastal. And then Texas. Well, yeah, but again, that's where people live. That's the media. I know that's the media. That's true. The media that's where people live. But I, that's where I, I think you I think you had a good point with like, Michigan. Louisville. Is no. it pretty big? Nashville? Oh, well, Nashville Maybe. has the, the Nashville's Titans. Nashville's got the Titans. Nashville's got the Titans. They got the Titans and the Preds. Um, I think you got to go. You got to. I don't know. I, Milwaukee's really loyal to the to the Packers. I think that the Lions suck. Albuquerque? Nobody, nobody wants to really be a Detroit Lions fan. I think this is now that the strike while the iron's hot, while the Lions are still terrible. And put a team in, in, put a team in Ann Arbor. Yeah, that's the way I'd go. Put I could a team see Salt, in Ann Arbor. Salt Lake City. I think would be really interesting. No, no I, I don't know about that. That would be interesting. It would. They, what do they have? They just have uh, the Jazz. They just have the Jazz. The uh, yeah, that's it. NBA team. That's it, mm-hmm. right? Um, Portland. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, I think Las Vegas. I think also Las Vegas is a, yeah, is a perfect, but, but they just got the Raiders. Yeah, that's what I say. They have a brand. That's why I think Raiders, Oakland be would perfect. be really interesting. They'd be perfect. Oakland, yeah, Oakland makes more sense now. Hmm. But my my pick, definitely my pick for that is what about what about one of the Carolinas? Well, Charlotte already has the Charlotte's Panthers. got the Panthers. That's true. But but like what other major like a Charleston or Savannah? I Those think Atlanta could be interesting. It's a growing town. The Falcons haven't really been that great for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I anyway. Can go Atlanta. Sure. I still say, though, this is all team. a terrible idea. I'm still going to say Philly. 
I think that I think that Philly Philly should get an XFL. Oh, but they love. I think they love the Eagles more than just more than any city loves their team, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I don't that know how much. Mean, just because they don't play at the same time, you don't have to choose, Sean. You could be an Eagles I fan know, and a Philadelphia. I don't think it feels that. Like in like in whatever. Houston, they Cheese love State, the Texans, man. but there's enough love to go around for the for the Roughnecks. You yeah. know. Well, now that we found out that the Astros are big fat cheaters, and hmm. You gotta have another. You gotta have another team to root for because you can't root for the Astros anymore. The asterisks. Is that Houston that's asterisks? That's clever, actually. Strong. That's actually really clever. I like Houston that a lot. asterisks. That's really funny. Indeed, you can't. You can't root for them. They're 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 bad guys now. They're bad. They're persona non grata in the league. I'm gonna buy so much Houston Roughnecks merchandise. Please stop me. What is a Roughneck? What is that? It's a, not a. It's not a thing. Do you know how much those? Like, by the way, the XFL balls look really cool, mm-hmm. and I love the team-specific balls because there's nothing better than a defender who had an interception walking away with the other team's ball. Like, it just looks cool. Do you know how much those balls cost? How much do those balls cost, Sean? $125. That's a lot. That's a lot of, that's that's a lot of cash. That's a lot of... But I am going to get a car magnet. A lot of free uh, hot dogs. Anyway, um... No, the XFL doesn't need now. Now you you explain to me why the XFL doesn't need to expand. Damn, I thought you were gonna forget that I had no. to do that. No. <laughs> I thought I was gonna Tom Sawyer you. And by you the way, you... I didn't really explain. I guess I did explain why they need to expand. I mostly just named no, a bunch you of did, cities. You actually you did a really good job. You did Thank a better you. job than I could have. Hey, well, former debate team captain expand. here, so yeah, you, know. you you handled yourself nicely. So what do I have to do now? I have to explain why they shouldn't expand. Yes. Counter to my point. Yes. Okay, so they shouldn't expand, Sean, because they're only in – I mean, come on here. They're only in the first year of, of the existence of the league. You can't – if you expand too quickly, you're going to draw out the, the market. You're going you're gonna, to – if you expand too quickly, you might, you might destroy all the revenue that you've built up because you're going to spend a lot of money bringing all these teams in. All the, it's very complicated and difficult to get teams into new cities. And it takes a lot of a lot of um, it takes a lot of money and time. It's not something that can be done instantly. Rome wasn't built in a day. Give them two or three seasons. Get get two or three seasons under their belt. Then we can start seeing some expansion. But for now, I think you just kind of got to you need to you need to you need to let the teams and the players establish themselves. Yeah, that's pretty. Also, there's there's not really a pretty big there's not a big enough talent pool. That's also true. you have to you have to think about that. These these are a lot of players that have dreams, or aspirations of getting into the NFL themselves. Yeah, someday. all the good players are definitely going to the NFL next year. Let's be clear; yeah. they're going to siphon off every good player from this. You're going to lose a lot of them. You're going to lose pretty much all coaches of the too. Players. If and coaches, coaches are doing too. well, they're going to get Staff, sucked up. You're going to lose a lot of them. So every year, it's going to have to be a cycle of um, dreamers and second fiddles and 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 uh, you know pie in the sky dr- dr- hope hope and change that you can believe in so you gotta you you gotta think about that you gotta think about that every year there's gonna be new talent uh and it's gonna be hard to find it it's gonna be hard to hard to be there these people are gonna have to you're gonna really hardcore recruit one of my favorite statistics by the way of one of these new players can't remember his name not gonna look it up the third string quarterback on the new york guardians Learned how to play quarterback by watching YouTube. Yeah. 
So that's the kind of people you're going to get. You're going to get people that maybe not, maybe, I mean, who knows? Maybe he didn't have the means growing up to, to play the game. I don't know his circumstances, life circumstances, but he had a dream. He had this goal of someday becoming a great quarterback. And he watched video after video, made a playlist uh, and, and learned how to quarterback from YouTube. Matt, did I ever tell you how I made my little league team? How you made your little league team? Like yes. you made you made one? No, like I got onto of, one. Like paper? I was picked oh. by one. In my town, you didn't automatically get on a little league team. There were tryouts, and some people did not make it. Oh, that's 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 really daunting. Now, Matt, you've known me for a decade, right? I have yeah. no athletic abilities. I'm generally weak and out of shape. And happened my whole life, including my childhood. But for some reason, I decided to play baseball. And I should not have, have been on a little league team. Can I just say, by yes. the way, I, you have you have a really good baseball name, Sean Jennings. You're you're you would either be a actually it's a good it's a, probably a better broadcaster name now that I think oh, about sure. it. Or like a a mayor. I feel like Mayor Jennings. Mayor Jennings. <laughs> mayor Jennings sounds awesome. You know. Can I call you Mayor Jennings from now on? Only when I get elected. Mayor Jennings. <laughs> mayor Jennings. No, but um. But the reason I was able to get onto a little league team, which I rode the bench on the entire year and then quit, uh, was because I had an insanely good tryout day. It was the best day of baseball in my entire life was a tryout day. The coaches must have thought I cheated or something because I was so good on that one day and terrible the rest of the season. I feel like if I had one of those days with an XFL tryout, even I could make an XFL team. Okay, that's how average the play is in this league. And Seems like okay. those tryouts should have been, they should have vetted you more. There should have been like a week, like a camp. It was camp. only a single day. So a I, camp really, I hit every ball, every, they were fucking, they were sailing out of there. It was. So if you could do it there, why couldn't you do it in the, when it counted? But that was, it was a one-off freak day and I don't know what, I ate my Wheaties. I don't know what I did that day, but I should not have been that good. It was not representative. Whatever you did that day, if you imagine, imagine if you had like done that, well, I'd the be ritual the, I'd every be day. A, I'd be an, an asterisk be, by now. I wouldn't, I would not know you. You would, yeah, you'd be playing. I would only know you as Houston asterisks pitcher. Uh, Please Sean welcome Jennings. to the plate. Number 12, Sean, 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 Jennings, Jennings, Jennings. Yes. We're bringing in relief pitcher, relief pitcher Sean Jennings. Okay, I wouldn't be good enough to be a pitcher. ERA. He's Stop gotta, that. He's got he's to straighten things out here. He's, I'm a, he's I'm a mediocre shortstop. I'm like a triple A. Uh, anyway, no, Matt, look. Um, by the way, very good explanation of my point. I think the only thing you were missing was a metaphor or an analogy, which I love. Uh, yeah. I probably would have gone with... Imagine opening a restaurant, and after the first week in business, you say, this is going great. Let's open five more locations. And it's like, mm, did you really prove it works? But here's what I will say, and I want to get back to the point I was had at the beginning of the show. I think the XFL is pretty good. It's not perfect, but I think they know what doesn't work, and I think it's only going to get better. I think this is one of the best, if not the best, rollouts of spring football that's ever been conducted. It's well-funded. It's well-thought-out. The play is interesting. The broadcast is interesting. They've got good partners. This has every opportunity to succeed. I don't think it will work. Because I think no matter what happens, no matter what you do, there can't, there just, 
you know, the XFL has this argument I still to this day don't understand. And every spring football league has had it. That argument was people love football. And they want more football. And you know what, Matt? I got to be honest with you. I don't think anyone likes football. People like the NFL. People like the New England Patriots or the New York Giants. They like Tom Brady or Drew Brees. I don't think people like the game of football. That's not why people watch. They're like, I don't care who wins. I just like touchdowns. Like, no, that's that's like that's not how it works. Fantasy football is a thing. You're not like picking how many yards are gained. You're picking it by the players. And I think the XFL can never live up to the NFL in terms of that. I don't care about the teams. I don't care about the players. I don't care about the coaches. I don't care about any of it. Sure, if it's on, I'll watch it, but I'm not going to make an appointment. Like I said, I love the first week of the XFL. Didn't tune in for a minute of the second week because I didn't give a shit. And they will always, always have that problem. There's a reason why arena football didn't work. There's a reason why WNBA has taken so long to even be moderately successful. Same with the G League. Has never been a big success. Uh, uh, Minor League Baseball, not a big TV success. Really only a local success. And the XFL isn't local enough to be able to pull that off. No major sport on the planet has a secondary league for a reason. That is my argument. This is, this is what, yeah, this, and, and this actually, I, I wrote something similar in my notes. Um, the lack of the, something that's going to hurt this league is the lack of name recognition, the lack of, the lack of connection with, with a team, I mean, you have you have a lot of people right now on social media, um, you know, connect or, or choosing a team, connecting with a team. But how many of them are going to stick around in a season or two? How many of them are going to be lifelong Roughnecks fans or lifelong Guardians fans? You know, um, it's. I think right now we're in the we're in those stages of hype. We saw this with the AAF too, to a lesser extent, but. We saw them. We 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 saw how that turned out in the end. So well, yeah, it's every football. It's every football league. I, I do. Get, I do understand. I, yeah, I understand. I understand your point. I think that the XFL has more staying power yes. than the AAF. Um, I, I agree. Never been be- done better than this. But I. But I. But you're right. Ultimately, like we like we established before, this is this is kind of a training ground. This is kind of a. It's prepping. It's prepping these players. The good ones will go off and play in the NFL, and we'll 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 get to follow them there. We'll get to watch them there. But really, how how many like are you going to be sitting down with your kids looking at a at a New York Guardians game? Are you going to be taking your kids to a Defenders game twenty years from now? Probably not. And I I think even even McMahon I think deep down knows that. Maybe not. Maybe he doesn't. But but it's it's. For now, it's here, and we can enjoy it while while it lasts, and watch it for what it is for the spectacle. But this time, it's a spectacle of a different nature. It's one of 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 an actual sport instead of pageantry, which is what it was the first time around. I think that's generally a good thing. And by the way, if Vince McMahon is okay with this breaking even or making a little bit of money for him. I do think this can go on for a while. He just can't be expecting to become rich from this. That's what's going to kill this. And like you said, if he all of a sudden says, oh, we're going to sell 10 franchises because I want to make money, that's how you kill this league. 
Because you can't, it's not ready for that. And by the way, I, I forgot this point earlier, and this actually in some way benefits your argument for expansion, Matt, is I was thinking about the scheduling of the XFL. Because if you think about it, in a standard NFL week, we'll say all 32 teams are playing. I get with bye weeks, that doesn't really happen. But we'll say 32 teams are playing, right? That's 16 games. Only, we'll say five of them are primetime, right? Thursday night, the 4.30s on CBS and Fox, plus a Sunday night and Monday night, right? Five games, uh, yeah. 10 teams shown in primetime. That means there's 22 teams that get just thrown all at one o'clock and are only watched regionally, right? Mm-hmm. That means the NFL only schedules the good teams to play in primetime. It makes their league look better. There's a reason why the Patriots play five or six times in primetime over the season, and the Cincinnati Bengals get no primetime games, right? The problem with the XFL is every game is a national game. There's only four games a week. And so the shitty games are going to get aired nationally and will be scrutinized for ratings, unlike the NFL that can bury bad games. And that will also hurt them in the long run. Well, what I what I hope is that, you know, if, if we watch a crappy NFL game, it's, it's a blowout. It's boring. It's, you know, it's a blowout. It's, you know, you turn it off. XFL game is a blowout. You got quarterbacks yelling at the well, yeah. teams on the sideline. We should be better than this. The O-line sucks. We got to change the game around. You got the coach yelling at the, what's wrong with you? You can't say that. Everybody can hear you. Like it's going to, that, that kind of, it'll add some entertainment, the, the drama. There's more, like we said, anything, the feeling that anything can happen might, might attract some more viewers. Well, I sort of think about this. God, I love analogies. I would think about it this way, where if the NFL is a book, the XFL is the movie based on the book. You know, where it's like it's close to the book, it's missing a few things, maybe it's not quite as engaging, but it's much more fun to look at, it's much faster, and you really uh, have a lot of fun doing it versus reading it. So, I hope it succeeds. I think it's great. I love when things people try stuff like this. And like I said, in 20 years, I 100% promise we will look back at the XFL 2020 and say the NFL took every good idea they had, thank God they did. <laughs> And Roger Goodell, by the way, loves crap like this because he knows the XFL is never going to be bigger than the NFL. He knows it's not going to make a dent in the NFL. He's not scared one iota. He loves that they're going to try out stuff. And what doesn't work, they'll dump and what they works, they're going to take like they did with every other league. It's yeah, it's not just a, it's not just a training ground for the players. It's a, it's also a testing lab for all the technology, too. Yep. And he's not paying a dime for it because mm-hmm. everyone keeps saying the NFL should start its own spring league. And he's like. Why would the NFL spend their own money on that? It's also keeping it's keeping fans. It's interesting that like the it's keeping fans' appetites wet for the uh, the real for thing. football for yeah. football. Like so so you know people aren't forgetting about it. They're not losing it because well, baseball is right around the corner. And and but they're they're going to be like thinking about the XFL. When does the XFL season end? It's how April? many weeks do they play? April. It's ten so they, weeks. Yeah, they'll be. They'll, you know, it'll be a little bit longer, and then you know you've got only a couple months until the draft and the combine, things like that, start happening. And well, that's what's so radically different about 2020 versus 2000. The NFL has become a year-round sport. They don't play games year-round, but the combine is much bigger than it used to be. The draft is much bigger than it used to be. Mini camps are much. All of it's now televised. The combine workout not even the combine itself the workout before the combine is being televised for the first time this year 
The NFL has absolutely established itself as a year-round sport. And I think that is a dangerous thing for the XFL. Because all I heard the announcers during the XFL games is like, you know, a player would do something good and they'd be like, oh yeah, he's going to be in the draft come whenever. And I'm like, (laughs) the NFL draft. And I'm like, what? Like, why are you? You're never going to have a player that's going to be, screw you, man. I'm a, I'm a. I'm a roughneck for life. Well, and that's what's I'm crazy. I'm stay in the roughnecks. If you think back to the USFL, um, what the USFL did that actually got it success for a little while is they paid more than the NFL. They gave some of the first multi-million dollar contracts, and they got Heisman winners. They got Herschel Walker, who was going to go number one overall in the NFL draft, and they signed him because they offered him twice as much money. And then they went bankrupt because they gave everybody too much money. And so it's like, how do you beat the NFL at its own game? If you're not, that's really the only way you could get these players is money. Right. And, and they're not, you know, the salaries in the XFL are not the salaries in the NFL. It's gotta be, you gotta give them the big contracts. That's the only way. And if the XFL wanted to give Joe Burrow, a you know, $50 million a year contract, I'm sure he'd sign with them. But until they, yeah, and until they do, this is a this is a training ground. Like you said, this is kind of a glorified minor league. But the rule changes are what keeps it interesting, keeps it exciting. Well, uh, as long as they're, you know, as long as they're they're positive, which and, I think they have been for the most part. And the other thing that is working in the XFL's favor, and this is why the ratings are so important, is that television today is much different than it was. Where when we talked about the original XFL ratings, it, they were abysmal. The original XFL ratings today would be good enough to stay on the air. Television ratings overall are in the dumps. They're terrible. Everyone's streaming. Everyone's doing this. Live content and specifically sports is the only thing driving television ratings right now. The NFL is still the biggest rating thing on all of television. And so if the XFL can just do good enough, they get a lot more leeway in the ratings now than they did then because the networks are desperate for live content, because that's the only content people watch the commercials for, especially sports. And if you're talking about shorter games, quicker games, games people are more focused on, the networks love this kind of stuff. So if anything works in the XSL favor, it's that that bar is so much lower now than it was back then. Yeah. It's, the you know, the, the, the video killed the radio star. And millennials killed the cable star. The, it's all a big, big wheel, Sean. It's a big circle of life. Yep. You're absolutely right, Matt. But you know what? I'm excited because my Roughnecks will see your Guardians in the playoffs. Uh, in the championship game. The big game know. at the end. Not, not, if they, not, if they, not if the Guardians play like they did last week. Well, Matt, we're only two weeks into the season. Yeah, that was the worst worst loss in franchise history. (laughs) I do love I love when the announcers during the first week of games was like, and that's the first field goal in history of the team. And but they did it for like every play. The first completion in the history of the and I'm like, Mm. we get it. It's new. (laughs) Like, we got it. Oh, Matt. Well, this is fun. I don't know how much we'll be checking in on the XFL throughout the. Maybe we'll do another one at the end of the season. And I think we we could always give a little update here and there, yeah, here and there when cool in. stuff happens. We'll, we, we'll have a we lot of stuff. Official, we're the official XFL podcast of uh, the podcast world. So. I mean, if I cared about the XFL, we probably could do that. 
I mean, there's definitely room for an XFL podcast. I just don't care. I I would just be afraid that I would, you know, build up all these hopes and expectations, and then all of a sudden you you would get poached by an NFL podcast. And then what am I going to do? Talk about the XFL? But that's what's funny. Myself. Is like I feel like if we tried to do an NFL podcast, we get our asses handed to us. But oh, an yeah. XFL podcast, a no one's going to listen to it, and b like no one knows who any of the players are anyway. So if we mess it up, like I think we're going to have some, we'll have some rabid defenders fans knocking on our door talking about what? Why, why are you saying? I see it. That's the problem. I can't name a single player on the. <laughs> on oh, the but yeah, but you know the only player I know is Matt McGloin, and that's because that's he not had that true. Little, he had that little sideline blow up. That's not true. You do know another XFL player, Jazz Ferguson. Jazz Ferguson, <laughs> who I I think I sent you a Snapchat when 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 he was on the screen and the announcers were like Jazz Ferguson, and I'm like yes, Jazz Ferguson. And also, do you know how hard it is to find stats about the XFL? Like, individual player stats? Like, what has Jazz Ferguson done this season? Like, they don't write that down anywhere. Maybe maybe we could start doing that. Maybe we could run a XFL stats site. Oh, yeah, that sounds lucrative. <laughs> My God, we're going to be rolling in it. Well, the... He's a receiver, right? Jazz Ferguson. Didn't we establish that he, this is actually Antonio Brown? He just changed his name. He needed a cover up. Well, Jazz Ferguson is on Twitter. At Jazz Ferguson 2. I don't know who Jazz Ferguson 1 is. Antonio Brown. This is his burner account. This is awesome. He's number one on the team. Like that's his jersey number. We got to see the uh, the first uh, forward pass, or the 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 defenders did the um, what is it the the double that, pass? That, the double pass. They did that in their game, so yeah. that was the first time we got to see that. That was kind of cool. That was kind. I actually didn't realize it was what it was until the announcers pointed it out that it was. Oh, that's the the famous double forward pass that the that's XFL allows. Mildly interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, Matt. There's a lot of football left yeah. to play, so we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, absolutely. Throughout the season, can't wait to see it. Um, will we be doing uh, XFL prop bets <laughs> for the championship game? The sure, championship. Matt. Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. Sure, sure, sure. The championship, uh, when is, let me see if I can find the schedule here. Championship game. Now, the big question is, will they get, will they get like famous people to come in for the halftime show and the, uh, will they, I don't know, will they hype it up at all? The press release does not say, but it will be taking place Sunday, April 26th. At the at Tadeku Stadium on the U of H campus in Houston. I still maintain they should they should like do it in in the city that is going to be added to the league next year. They add one city every year, and Ch- the year Ch- before it's added. Yeah, the year prior, they just they have the they have the championship game in that city. Matt, should I put us our name on the list for tickets to the championship game? In Houston? When yeah. is it? Uh, it is April 26th. Wait, what do you mean by the list? Why is there a list? 
Because the tickets aren't on sale yet. They don't go on sale until next month, but you can get your name on a like priority list. Sure, why not? Well, can you can you write down that we're podcasters? We're media. We should like, get media we're, we're passes. Media. We get like a special pass. Yeah, sure. I'll pull whatever you know, minor amount of leverage well, um, we have. Sure. Uh, yeah, we we have a podcast. We talk about the XFL a good amount, so we're kind of a big. We talk deal about how it's going to fail and how months. it won't work. They don't need to know that. No, they don't need to know that. I think it'd be great. I would absolutely fly to Houston and go to the game. Sure. I'm just putting that out there, but we'll see. Oh, Matt, we got to wrap it up. We've been talking too long about the XFL, which could be said for the last few years, but certainly tonight. Um, but who keep watching, keep watching us up for debate. Up for debate.tv is our website. Go there, check out the uh, old XFL series. A uh, couple uh, the previous episode of this, when we talked about the XFL rules and obviously moving forward, you can subscribe to the show, wherever you get podcasts, find us there, video version on YouTube as well. And of course, get in contact with us. Let us know your thoughts on the XFL. Uh, up for debate TV at gmail.com is the email, or you can tweet at us at up for debate TV. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode. We got, we got to end it here. So on behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time on another up for debate. What's my This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.